Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. Thank you for joining me today. This should be a smooth ride. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived, there are links to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places where you can listen to our podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. When I was 14, I purchased a Suzuki motor scooter. In Colorado back then, you could buy a motorbike that was less than 90 cc's, I believe, and I wouldn't have to get a driver's license for it. So you could be 14 or 15 and drive these motorbikes around. You could ride them on the city roads and the state highways. And they were pretty fast. You could probably get them up to 45, 50 miles an hour, maybe. When you're a 14-year-old boy, you're not real big. At least I wasn't. My friends weren't. So there's not a lot of weight for these things to carry. I rode that bike everywhere. One time, Randy and I rode up Little H.O. Road. It was in the fall, and going up that kind of windy road, windy old dirt road, with the aspen trees losing their leaves, kind of raining leaves on you as you're driving up that road. Nice, cool, crisp air, sun shining bright. It was one of those experiences I still remember. I remember one time there was a girl riding on the back of the bike. It was at night, and going out of town to the west, you dipped down a hill when you first were leaving what was then the city limits. And I passed a car. The only time I ever passed a car. We probably were going 45 miles an hour. I don't think the girl much appreciated it. But I was very proud of myself to be able to pass a car on that motorbike. There were several of us that had motorbikes. we park them up there in the school parking lot. Drive them to school. Drive them home. One time one of the bikes got vandalized a little. And the guy kind of blamed me. I have no idea why he blamed me on that. I didn't do it, and I had to kind of prove that I didn't do it because I was accused. I talk about this very thing in a podcast called The El Grand. I was in there watching a movie, and my mother came and found me, took me up to the school, and I had the Spanish Inquisition on me. Somehow, I was found innocent, so justice did prevail. That's a fact. I rode that motor scooter around till I turned 16 and could drive a car. I always remember that bike. It got me a set of wheels going better than my bicycle, that's a fact. Later on, my brother bought a Kawasaki motorcycle. It was a pretty good sized bike and it was very, very fast. I rode it a couple times, almost crashed one time. When I married my wife, she used to try to pressure me into buying a motorcycle so we could travel around. But I kind of rejected that idea. It just wasn't something that really turned me on. But I have a lot of friends, these old gray guys, riding their motorcycles around. It does look like fun. Maybe I could move from where I live someday to a maintenance-free condo and get myself a Vespa. Wear some Bermuda shorts with sandals and black socks, a Hawaiian shirt, and some kind of straw hat. Or maybe I wouldn't.
Now for the top 10 55 years ago. That's the top 10 pop songs this week in 1966. Number 10, Barefootin', Robert Parker. Number 9, Did You Ever Have to Make Up Your Mind, The Loving Spoonful. Number 8, I Am a Rock, Simon and Garfunkel. Number 7, Cool Jerk, The Capitals. Number 6, by Tommy James and the Shondells, Hanky Panky. Number five, You Don't Have to Say You Love Me, Dusty Springfield. Number four by the Rolling Stones, Paint It Black. Number three, Red Rubber Ball, The Circle. Number two, Paperback Rider, The Beatles. And number one, by Frank Sinatra, Strangers in the Night. That guy was kind of like the Energizer Bunny. He lasted for decades. You might find what you need and more at Homer Kate's General Store. You might find what you need and more at Homer Kate's General Store. Hi, Homer. How you doing? Well, Jerry, hello. Come sit down. This has been kind of a slow day here at the store. i just kind of sitting here trying to learn how to whittle. All I've really whittled so far is my thumb. See this Band-Aid, Jerry? Yeah, Homer, you got to be careful. I know. I know. That's what Katie has told me. She said, Homer... You be careful, you'll cut your thumb off. Then where I be? I said, you be right here taking care of me and my thumb. That's what I said. Well, Homer, don't you have anything better to do than whittling? Can't you dust some shelves or something? Jerry, I've been dusting shelves. I've been sweeping floors. I've been washing out the meat cooler. I went outside and polished up the gas pumps. I swept the porch. I jumped on the bell to make sure it was working. I didn't think that maybe people were coming to get gas and the bell wasn't working. So I've been doing all that, Jerry. I just sat down and I thought I'd make myself a whistle. A whistle? You know how to make a whistle, Homer? No, I don't know how to make a whistle, but I do know how to make a bloody piece of wood. Homer. Hey, Jerry, did you hear about Gator Earl? No, what's going on with Gator Earl? Well, down there at Apple's Cafe, their cook, Mel, remember Mel? Good old Mel. Anyway, he left. He moved over to the West Coast, wherever that is. I don't know if that's California or somewhere over there. And left old Kelly and Bob kind of in a pickle. And so good old Gator Earl started cooking. That would explain why you asked me how I liked my meal the other day. What's talking about, Jerry? Well, went in there and had a hot beef sandwich. And as I was leaving, Gator Earl came from the back, 
greeted me and we told a couple jokes and he asked about you and then he asked me how I liked my meal. I thought he was the dishwasher. Well, Jerry, that's where he started and I think he's still washing some dishes, but he'll wait at your table, he'll check you out. Kelly told me he's learning all the books and stuff there too, but now he's the cook for breakfast and dinner, but not lunch. I guess that Bob is cooking lunch, but Gator Earl's offered. Does the guy ever get any time off? Gator Earl told me that when he's older, like you, he can take some time off then. <laughs> Homer, I'm not that old. Well, compared to what there, Jerry? Hiya, Sparky, how you doing? Oh, oh. Well, there's a gas customer. I better act like I'm busy. You got another band-aid, Jerry? Now it's time for a little joke. Why did the lion not eat the clown? Because he tastes funny. <laughs> I don't know how well those jokes are going over, but uh, if I come up with another good one, I might try it on y'all. Back in the day, before I met my wife and my life has changed forever, I had a dog named Baloo Dog, spelled it B-A-L-U, kind of like Cat Baloo, only it was Baloo Dog. And she was probably maybe the best dog I ever had in my life. When she was a puppy, she was kind of raised by a half coyote dog and taught her a lot of things that maybe your average dog wouldn't have the privilege of learning. She is a very good hunter. She's a very tough dog. She's a female dog, but that didn't matter. She didn't like you, and you were a dog. You'd probably get beat up by her. Now, if she did like you, she was just as loyal as could be to you. And she had a couple boyfriends that there was no way she'd ever beat them up. But I've seen her take down St. Bernard dogs just like that. I've spoken of her several times in these podcasts. She had one litter of pups, and there were three daddies in that litter. There was a Malamute that fathered two females. One of the females was the runt. And the other female I called Little Blue. I thought I'd keep her, but she got hit by a car. She looked just like her mother, only larger. She would have been larger anyway. She had one pup from a half St. Bernard, half German Shepherd dog. And that dog looked like a black and white St. Bernard. It was twice as big as any of the other pups. And she had two pups from a dog that was half wolf. And the female looked just like a big dark gray wolf. And the male had the markings of his daddy. And I kept him. So I kept one of the pups really. Would have kept two, but the one got killed on the road. And I named him Chuckahawk. Now, I've spoken of these dogs, so I'm not going to get into anything except for whenever I walk somewhere, Blue Dog would always walk like three steps behind me, follow me in my path exactly. But Chuckahawk would run ahead of me and act like he thought he knew where we were going. He'd always have to kind of turn around and watch and then maybe I turned a corner or something. He'd have to catch up with us. 
Well, my dog Maxie that I have today, where Blue Dog was Husky and Shepherd, Maxie is like Lab and Shepherd mix. They're both about the same size, but they were totally different dogs. Where Maxie is gentle and a little shy, Blue Dog was aggressive and not shy at all. Well, right now we're taking care of my daughter's dog, which is a Lab dog. And he's like Chuckahawk, about twice as big as Maxie, where Chuckahawk was twice as big as Blue. And when I walk around here, it is so weird because Maxie, the female, walks about three steps behind me. In Old Fog, the great big old male is always, you know, 50 yards in front of me, looking behind me, making sure that I'm coming. And then I turn a corner or something and he has to come catch up. Exact same thing from two different types of dogs totally. 40 some years apart. I guess the females are a lot more practical and the males are a lot more full of wonderlust and think they know what the heck they're doing. I can't help but think that in some ways that affects the human population also. Well, we're almost at the end of our trip here. I want to tell you how much I really do appreciate you riding along, listening to my podcast. I could never do this without y'all. This means more to me than you'll ever know. And when I pull the old pickup truck to the side of this old dirt road, rest assured I'm not gonna stop in front of the mud puddle. It's been pretty dry lately. We could use some rain. You know, I speak about being kind every podcast. I try to wrap her up with a little encouragement to be kind no matter what. No matter what anybody does to you, or says about you, or if they don't include you, whatever. You know, it's a pretty rough world out there. And all I can encourage you to do is be kind and change the world one smile at a time. You'd be glad you did. I'll be back next Wednesday. Peace out.